Well, it's my favorite day of the week. I'm back with a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret that will set you up to finish your week with a bang. We're talking about the secret to manifesting your destiny. I'm a firm believer in the power of manifestation, visualization, and looking inward to create the life you deserve. To drive this topic home, I have the amazingly talented Sabrina Soto. Thank you so much for being here, Sabrina. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Sabrina is a lifestyle guru featured as the designer on some of my favorite HGTV and TLC shows like Trading Spaces and Get It Sold. But what you may not know about Sabrina is that she hosts a podcast called Redesigning Life. She discusses self-worth, personal development, and, of course, the power of manifestation. Secret Squad, let me tell you, when I listened to this podcast, I had to get her on I've Got a Secret. We have so much in common when it comes to this topic, and I am so excited to give you all the tools you need to design a life that fills you with passion and joy. Sabrina, explain to us, what is manifestation? Manifestation, it's just a new thought word about how to create the things that you want in your life. And it really comes from visualization, really feeling and visualizing what your life would be if you had those things. But quite frankly, in the last couple of years, I've also realized that it has a lot to do with self-worth. And I think a lot of people struggle with that and they don't realize that it's not necessarily that you're not getting the things, it's that you really truly inside don't believe you deserve them and sort of fixing and reprogramming yourself to raise your self-worth so you do finally believe that you deserve everything that you really want. It's so important for everyone to hear that and to learn. How can people do that? What's, what's your advice for people doing just that? I think, well, it, if it comes to manifesting, it's really, I'll, I'll tell you a story. So let's see now, 13, 14 years ago, I was married. I was living in the suburbs doing real estate and design. And I really wanted to be back on TV. And I watched this documentary that had just come out called The Secret. Now it became like a phenomenon. Oh, yeah. It was on Oprah, but this yeah. was way before any of that. Oh. And that night I realized after watching it that I was going to be back on TV, but I had no way of knowing how I didn't have an agent. I wasn't even in the business. And my husband had come home, uh, my ex-husband now. And I said, you know, I'm going to be back on TV. And he said, "Um, have you been drinking? And I said, yes, but I'm still going to be back on TV. (laughs) And that night I couldn't sleep. And I, the next morning I just woke up at four o'clock in the morning and I was I really believed, I saw myself on set, I saw myself (gasps) being creative, and I just started sort of acting as if it was already happening. So I went to work out, I would eat differently. I said, because I'm going to be back on TV, I have to get started. So you actually visualized from that moment when you knew what you wanted, it was... It was, I saw it happening and I got excited about the opportunity, even though I had nothing. So that next morning, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I went on Craigslist and there was a post. They were looking for a designer who had TV experience. Now I've been a designer and I was on TV, but never together. And that was my first HGTV show. It happened within 24 hours. (gasps) Oh my heaven. But you have to understand, I had no contacts in the business at all. And it really happened that quickly. Now, obviously I had to audition. So it took 16 weeks from the moment that I saw The Secret until I was on set on my first show on HGTV. (gasps) That really is a perfect example of once you decide 
what it is you want in your life, you have within yourself the power yes. to go for it, to do it, and, to get it. And the universe will conspire to help you. And yes. I think that's where a lot of people get caught up because, for instance, me, I didn't have an agent. I don't know anyone in HGTV. I don't know anyone in that business at all or anybody who's ever been there. So I, instead of worrying about how it's going to come to you, just trust that it is and think about the big picture and not yeah. the hows. So a lot of people get caught in the hows and that's when they mm -hmm. start doubting. Oh, it's not going to happen. I don't know anyone. Uh -huh. But if you just big picture, feel whatever it is that big goal is and continue to work towards and getting yourself ready for it uh -huh. is when it'll happen. Like say, even if you want to meet the love of your life, mm -hmm. if you're eating a bag of Doritos every night and watching Netflix and not doing anything for your self-worth, it's never going to happen. You don't believe that you deserve it. But if you start working out, eating differently, going out with your girlfriends, getting out there is when you're going to start attracting those things. Now, mm -hmm. don't you don't have to worry about where you're going to meet Mr. Right. He'll come to you. You mm -hmm. just have to be ready for it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really like living the dream. You think of the dream. You live the dream. You breathe the dream. Absolutely. And you make a list and you think it and you write it and you just talk it. It becomes you. It, exactly. It becomes you. And when you just said something like, don't be one of those negative people that say, oh, I don't know anyone in this business. I don't know anyone that can help me get there. But I feel that you are saying the minute you know in your heart what it is you want, from that moment on, no negative talk. Right. No negative thinking. No doubting. And you know how I read something the other day. It said like Netflix has an algorithm to know if you're watching these documentaries, you might like this. Yes. The universe sort of acts the same way. It has, it's, it's listening to what you're thinking and what you're saying constantly. And if it's negative constantly, it's yes. going to bring negativity to your life. So be careful. And a lot of people like to gossip. Yeah. Talk, you know, self-deprecating talk, all uh -huh. of those things, putting yourself down. And I'm the worst. I, I've started to realize how bad my negative self-talk is. And I think women, mm -hmm. especially, we have this I problem. Agree. But stopping that negative self-talk. I used to, you know, especially now that I'm single, I'll go on a date and I'll say, why did I say that? You're so stupid. Why did you, you know? And so I just started to stop doing that because it, it really does only bring more negativity in your life. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. being a little bit, having a little bit more self-compassion and giving mm -hmm. yourself a break a lot of the time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that because I agree with you that I believe we all are harder on ourselves than anyone else. That's right. And if we're not our own best friend, how do we expect anyone else to treat us like uh -huh. we want to be treated if we're not doing it ourselves? You're right. So I number I one, you have to be your own best friend. You do. I thought about this the other day. I said to myself, Sabrina, if I had a friend who talked to me the way that I talk to myself, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be friends with that person. Oh, that's so true. Yes. And it's like you have to give yourself a break. Mm -hmm. And you ha also my level of perfectionism. It's been all of my life. And I've just in the past couple of years have let go of having to constantly be perfect because it's that. impossible. It's impossible. That's a standard that I believe no one can reach. And why put that kind of pressure on yourself? Don't let anyone else put that kind of pressure on yourself and certainly don't do it to yourself. And, you know, you were just talking about friends and such and those people in our lives. I had a realization in the last year that someone I thought was a really good friend just kept always saying negative things to me. And I would watch her around mutual friends or, 
or other friends. And I never noticed her saying those kind of things Mm -hmm. to other people, but she felt it okay to say them to me. Right. And it always, you know, it was fine with me for years and years. It had been okay with me because she would say them as if she was helping me or trying to give you constructive criticism. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yes. And so I just realized that's not the definition of a friend. Right. So I'm I'm supposedly one of your closest friends, and you can say those things to me, but you would never say it to anyone else. I just realized that. Are is you still friends that, with her? No, not I really. I hope she's listening to this podcast. <laughs> I believe that she probably is. And we don't miss yeah, you. <laughs> I, I bet there are quite a few going, is she talking about me? <laughs> but, you know, I did I, a podcast. That's funny you say that about <laughs> friendship the other day, and so many of my friends called saying, are you talking about me? It's like, no, yeah. you would know if I was talking about you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm... She probably doesn't know that I made that decision because we still interact, but within myself, I, mm-hmm. I've made that decision. You're really not my friend. Right. It's a boundary. That's it a healthy a boundary, boundary that you did. And yes. you bring up a good point. It's also, it's the things that you consume. And that doesn't necessarily just mean the things that you're eating, but what you're watching the friends you surround yourself with. You have to sometimes take a beat and take inventory and making sure that the people around you, because life is so difficult, mm-hmm. the people around you are there to support you and not tear you down. That's right. Yes. That's right. It's like, no, I'm, I'm, I, I must surround myself with those that in my heart, I know, want the best for me and, and or want to build me up or just support me. Right. Like I'll build myself up, but just be there in my cheering section. Right. Or I mean, there. and it's okay to have friends that aren't constantly blowing sunshine up. Exactly. Your- <laughs> I, I totally agree. Like, I don't need you to tell me I'm perfect or, right. you know, whatever, but don't tell me I'm not perfect and constantly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's important too. It's boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to live a positive life. And so- Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people have a problems, especially if you've had a friendship for so many years and there's mm-hmm. so much history letting go. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like life is too short. Exactly. I've had friends for 30 years that I no longer talk to, and that's mm-hmm. okay with me. That's right. And my life's so much better off without them. That's exactly right. But I that's wish them I'm well. Saying. Yeah. You have to do it for yourself. You know, what I'm saying is I did it for me because right. you just said it, and I'm going to echo, life is too short. And I seem to be saying that a lot lately because it's a new me. Maybe it was, this is a new year, and I said it last year. It's time for me to surround myself with everything positive. Right. And nothing negative. But that's another thing I think a lot of women have a problem with is selfishness. It's mm-hmm. It has such an, a negative impact, that word, on a lot of people. And being selfish isn't necessarily a bad thing. Oh, no. It's self-care. Oh, do you know, my, my entire company, my foundation I have, everything about it, I started it with the mission statement of, it is not selfish to put yourself first. Right. It is not selfish to put yourself at the top of the list. Right. Take care of yourself so you can take care of those you love. (laughs) So that is truly my purpose, my mission statement. My mission in life is to put myself first and take care of myself so I can take care of my husband, my children, my grandchildren, and everyone I love. But it's so hard as a mother. Yes. To really live that way. Oh, yes, it is. So tell me this, how do you use manifestation in your daily routine? So I I meditate in the mornings. Mm. Um, and then I, for five minutes after the meditation, when I'm really relaxed, I will visualize exactly what the goal is I want for at least two minutes, if not five minutes. I will give myself that because I think my goals deserve it. Mm. And I'll close my eyes and I will really 
envision whatever it is I want to do. And whether it's something I want or a person I want to meet, I will feel it and try to sit with that sort of feeling of happiness and joy for as long as I possibly can. I feel like it's a radar out to the universe to bring those things to me. So I do that every day. Um, I also listen to a lot of podcasts um, mm -hmm. that are about manifestation. Um, Abraham Hicks, a lot uh -huh. of her YouTube. Are you familiar with Esther Hicks? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I listen to a I lot of her that. YouTube videos um, and then just audiobooks constantly. Dr. Mm -hmm. Do Joe Dispenza, Mike Dooley is another one. He's a new thought author. So uh -huh. what I can get my hands on when I'm driving. Uh -huh. Instead of listening, I used to, I said this the other day, I used to read page six every morning. <sighs> what a waste of energy oh. and what a waste of time. Yes. I stopped doing that a year ago and my life is so much better. I love Just that. watching what I consume mm -hmm. on a daily basis mm -hmm. is one of my new goals for the year. That's a great goal because I, I think it's very important because I recently did this as well, but I think it's a great goal for all of us to sit down at some point and take an inventory of our time and how we use our time during the day, then during the week. And really, if once I believe once you sit down and do that and realize how much time you're wasting on, like your, like when you did your time with page six reading that. It's nonsense. I did the same thing recently, like I said, and I was shocked at how much wasted time I had that I could get rid of. And and I did that. And I have probably an extra two hours in my evening when I get home. Yep. Two hours. Because we talked before we started the podcast at, at how much sleep we both need and, and get. And uh, I don't require a lot of sleep. And so my evenings are fairly late. And I gave myself an extra two hours. Maybe and you should I loved sleep. it. Maybe you should sleep though. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> I'm trying to get to sleep. And you know, I have a lot of energy, but I couldn't believe how much more I get done in the evenings now because I did that inventory list. Yep. And it was it, it, it was so powerful to see it written down and go, wow, I do that one thing a lot. And I don't need to. I still do it, but not every evening or right. as much as I was. Yeah, I stopped watching TV except for the Golden Girls. Oh, you can never take the Golden Girls away fun. from me. <laughs> See, I do that with friends. There you go. And I used to do it with uh, Reba. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a rerun that I could not see too much. I love that half-hour show. Okay, so how do you stay so positive? I get this question a lot, too, because people are, you, every time I see you, you always have a smile on your face. And I'm like, we kind of covered this even earlier, like, go for the positive, not the negative thinking. And, um, but how do you stay so positive and even on the hard days? I can't. I mean, I'm a single mother, and I, I'd be lying if I said that I was positive all the time. Yeah, I mean, there I mean, are days can be. I want to rip somebody's face off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Even saying it, I want to rip that person's face off. Yes. <laughs> but I think having routines are, have really helped me to stay positive. So you, doing yoga, meditating in the morning, first thing in the morning to start my day off right, starts me off on a positive track mm -hmm. instead of reading nonsense gossip and doing that sort of thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. I listen to meditation music. I burn incense. I make a beautiful breakfast. Oh. So I think for me, it's it's starting the day off in a very healthy routine that sort of kicks it off for the rest of the day. Oh. Uh, so what time, if you don't mind me asking, what time do you wake up in the morning? Oh, usually between 5.30 and 6. Oh, okay. I okay. have to. I have a yes. four-year-old. Oh, She yes. doesn't care. She's she doesn't even have a clock in her room. I don't oh. know how she wakes up at the same time every day. Wow. It's very bizarre. And what time does she wake up? She usually wakes up at like 5.30. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I wake up when she says, Mama, come get me. Wow. <laughs> She's an early riser. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good time. I set my alarm 
when I have to get up for tape days or such at 5.55. Wow. And uh, some days I have to roll it back to maybe 5.25 or 5.30. But uh, so I was asking because I wondered how much time you needed for your routine in the morning for yourself. I mean, yeah, it usually takes us two hours to finally get up and get Mm -hmm. going. Yeah. Um, for her to get to school. But I, I like to have slow mornings and uh-huh. not have anything hectic. But I lately have been getting to bed early. So uh-huh. that's one. Because I just need sleep. I don't know how you can. I know. I, I only really require four, four to five hours. You know who else is like that is Martha Stewart. Really? Yeah, I, I love heard that. that she only I sleeps four that. hours a night. I don't get it. And it's plenty of sleep for me. Uh, if I get less than that, then I do have to have a catch-up night about every two to three weeks. God and I'll bless catch, you. I'll do the catch-up and sleep. Well, last night was my catch-up night, and I slept 11 hours. Amazing. Yes, yes. I was shocked when I woke up this morning and saw the clock. Oh, that is my Yay. dream come true. Yay. Yes, yes. But it's been that way my entire life. I don't require a lot of sleep. Amazing. I'm very jealous. I got that from my father. Speedy metabolism. I run everywhere and don't walk and just all of that. So I have my quiet time where I like to sit by myself, of course, and just reflect and meditate, essentially. But I journal. Mm-hmm. I love to journal. And, um, oh, it's so relaxing. And it's such a powerful time for me because I love to go back and read my journals. Do you do it every day? Sometimes I'll do it every day if something's going on in my life that is a process, good or bad, then I have to journal and, and write it down. And uh, then I may not journal for a week, maybe 10 days, two weeks, but I do it at least every two weeks. Wow. But it, often every night. That's wonderful. I just started, I have a gratitude journal that I do in the morning, but I just started journaling at night just to kind of get thoughts mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you're right. It is powerful to it's, just put a pen to paper and actually write. Because I think about it if I don't. It, it, just, it just is with me all the time if I don't, especially if it's something that's bothering me or has upset me. Right. Or yes, just something that I, I have to... F- work it out in my mind. And if I don't journal and write every feeling I have about it and every thought, uh, then it, it would drive me crazy during the day. I, I, I have so much going on, we all do in our life, that I have to write that down right. and get all my thoughts out and all of my feelings about it. It really, really helps. That's how you process. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it's that's a good tool for a lot of people to use. And mm-hmm. it, I think when people hear journaling, they think, oh, that's just a lot of busy work. But mm-hmm. really... I think if you try it, people understand that it really is cathartic. I I agree. Uh, I don't uh, play music. I don't need to light a candle. I don't like to have any other, actually, any other distraction or any other device, anything other than my journal and myself, you know, just just me. So, uh, but I, I realized just now when we've sat here talking, I guess I've always been like that. I never, I seldom will turn the TV on if Philip is traveling uh, the TV is never on. He loves to have the TV on. He loves that distraction in the background. Yeah. Uh, I sometimes will play music, but it has to be soft in the background. If I'm doing something, if I'm cooking or whatever I'm doing, I might turn the music on and have it down. He loves music playing when he's working because it is a distraction for some reason, and he has to have it really loud. I can't work and have loud I music. I can't either, but he has to have it that way. Because his mind is so, he, I think he's brilliant. So I don't know, his mind is just full of so much that he loves that loud music in the background. And then he just goes away, you know, just goes to town, just writing and whatever. 
And uh, so it's so funny how so many people are different yep. and get, get their work done or their thoughts out yes. in different ways. Yeah. There's not one rule for every person. No. Have you noticed that if your daughter has already started do, visualizing and doing certain things like you do? I have started with her meditating and she, because oh. she sees me doing it. So she's, I think she's mocking me actually, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you, they are never too young to learn. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, she, and if she starts throwing a tantrum, I'll have her do breathing techniques to sort of calm her down. So little by little, I'm, oh, I'm trying to infuse that into her life. She that's is wonderful. quite a personality, though. Oh, that's so good Lord. <laughs> oh, I have my hands full. <laughs> Philip did a show this week uh, on uh, with a family and the one child through fairly large, loud tantrums. And so he had an, another parenting expert on, and the parents just didn't know what to do. And just watching the tape of the child throwing the tantrum had me so anxious. <laughs> and so, ah! <gasps> Yeah, she thought, doesn't throw no. th- tantrums, thank goodness, yeah. because I don't know if how I would deal with that. But it's just, she's got, she's such a force of nature. She has such a huge personality. She's like four going on 40. Oh my gosh. Both my boys were like that too. Oh. But, you know. Keeps me on child, my toes. Yeah, keeps you on your toes, especially being a single parent. Yep. You know what I think I'm going to do right now? We're having so much fun. I could just keep asking questions. Something we do on I've Got a Secret is a drink of the day. I'm in. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Whatever it is, I'll drink it. (laughs) (laughs) So our drink of the day is always decided by my team. And this one I'm really excited about. It's called a Blueberry Mojito Royale. And you take one third cup blueberries plus extra for a fancy blueberry swizzle stick. You have six to eight leaves of fresh mint, one tablespoon sugar in the raw, and two and a half tablespoons of fresh lime juice. Did you guys do a mojito because I'm Cuban? <laughs> oh, they may have. I think they may have. And then you also have two ounces of light rum, two ounces of chilled Prosecco or champagne. You place the blueberries, mint leaves, sugar, and lime juice in a glass. Muddle the ingredients in the bottom of the glass until the blueberries have released their juices. Fill the glass with crushed ice and pour the rum over. Give it a stir and top with the chilled champagne or Prosecco. It's gorgeous. This is such That's a beautiful so cocktail. Beautiful. Okay, cheers. Look at that. See. That is so pretty. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. I'll see you tomorrow. Well, that is just delicious. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, Does anybody want to babysit a four-year-old tonight? <laughs> <laughs> She's as chill as she can be. She likes no. Wow. This is really delicious. Okay, so Secret Squad, you must go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and look at this delicious, beautiful drink and look at the recipe and try it. You're going to love it. Back to our wonderful, fun topic. So can you give us an example of how you have taken a negative and turned it into a positive? I think for the most part, it's difficult relationships in my life, whether they be romantic or friendships. Mm-hmm. And instead of playing the blame game, which I think a lot of us do because it's easier to blame the other person than ourselves, starting to realize what role I played in those difficult relationships and why I was triggered um, and learning from that and Mm -hmm. doing the work Mm -hmm. to really figure out why I was triggered. And I think a lot of it has to do with your childhood stemming Mm -hmm. from that. Mm -hmm. And instead of running away from it and saying, okay, I'll just move to the next relationship, it's really doing the work to sort of work through mm-hmm. those difficult mm-hmm. times. Philip calls it doing an autopsy on the relationship 
once it's over, whether, like you said, romantic or friendship or whatever, to do an autopsy on it. Just exactly what you just said. So you can learn what role did I play right. in that doomed relationship or whatever, however it ended. Um, because I think a lot of us don't do that. Especially in my 20s, I would go from relationship to relationship, just like tadpoling, uh-huh. instead of realizing I'm attracting the same person for uh-huh. a reason. And you will keep attracting that relationship if you don't stop and do the work yes. and really break the cycle. Wow. That's that's so important. And it's hard sometimes to point out to yourself where you're wrong. Yes. What you're doing wrong and what you've been doing wrong. It's really hard and you have to be mature and to do that. And But I believe that once you do admit your problems and mistakes, you have so much growth in your life and you, you just, you're on that track to maturity. And I think it just comes with age too. The and older I get, right. the more I realize I don't know anything. Right. <laughs> Nothing. You're right. <laughs> I, I think you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. I think you're wrong. You're, I feel like you know so much and so accomplished. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a hustler. I love I that. I never stop working. I love that. I want to tell the secret squad out there that I'm so excited about as I said before, but I just feel so happy right now just sitting in the room with you because you're just gorgeous. Thank you. But you have this presence that is a very positive, very happy, very put together. You're on a mission in life. And I can see that just by sitting here with you and looking at you. you there's nothing negative about you. And uh, you have this ability to make me feel like nothing can stop me. You are, well, you know, it, it says it right behind you. There's That's no right. force more powerful than a woman determined to rise. That's right. And I that. firmly believe Thank that. You. And it's when you make the decision. And I think a lot of us are scared to make a decision, especially mm-hmm. if it's to walk away from something that brings you so much comfort, even uh-huh. if it is dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And I think once you do make the decision, your life gets so much easier. I think you're right. When I opened this office, that was one of the first things I had to hang in the office. And I made sure it when the doors are open, we're right off of the elevator and both of our doors open. And I love it when someone steps off of the elevator because they can see. And to my listeners, I'm talking about this neon sign that hangs on the wall. And it says, Sabrina just said it, there is no force more powerful than a woman determined to rise. And I love it when someone steps off the elevator, they see that and they just automatically walk into the office and they want to pose for a photo by it. We'll be in another office and we'll hear some noise out here and step out. They, they're just drawn into the office. I love, I love love this office. Thank you. I mean, I record my podcast in my garage. (laughs) (laughs) It does not look like this. I can tell you that. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We 
like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. So, do you write down anything daily? You, know, you talked about journaling for yourself, but are you a note taker or a list maker for your job or for your home or Yes, life? I'm extremely organized and I have to be because I have a lot of different yeah. sort of clients and projects going on. I do start my day with uh, 431 list oh. and it's four things I'm grateful for, mm. three things, people or things that I want to pray for, uh-huh. um, and then one thing that I want to manifest in that day. I love that. Yeah, it's it's. I've been doing it now for a year, wow. and I love it, especially the praying for other people to just to bring it to what I'm grateful for, being that space of gratitude, and then bringing that positive energy to those those people that need it. Oh, I love that. So four three one four three one, and you have just one journal just for that. Yeah, I, and I keep it next to my coffee maker. <gasps> So that I don't forget. And so while Olivia's eating her breakfast, I'll do that quickly while I'm drinking coffee. Oh, I love that. That's, That's a great. very good idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy that. You'll, it's going to change your life. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, so how do you use your visualization in your professional life? So I use it in, so I do one every year. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, this New Year's Eve, instead of going out and drinking and p- dancing, I had yeah. everybody over um, to my house and I made a huge dinner and we all made <gasps> boards for the year. So it's pictures and things I would write down what I wanted for the year. And so I have one in my office and I actually have one taped to my glass door in my shower facing me from the outside. So when I'm showering, I'm looking at all the things that I want to bring to my life that year. What a good idea. It's great. And it just makes me just remember the things. And you would be so shocked and I've been doing these boards now going on 13, 14 years. How many things I look back at and I realize that I've, I have made those things happen in my life. Wow. It's powerful. I love that. Do you know one of the things when I talked earlier about going through my own routine life, days, weeks, by the month, whatever, and, and actually gather two extra hours. One of the things that I decided to do in the evenings is to do a visualization type board, but not physical. I was, I do mine, I take photos on my phone and then transfer them into a, a folder on my computer. So oh, that's great. Pretty much. But, um, and I love doing that. And I go back, I go to that folder on my computer and I will look at the photos I've taken or quotes. I love to collect quotes that really move me and touch me and kind of remind me of an event in my life or something, but uh, also the photos and and such. Yeah, whatever works for you. Yeah, I love quotes too. I think that's important for people, Mm -hmm. especially for social media. We all follow a bunch of accounts, a lot of stuff that we probably shouldn't be consuming, Mm -hmm. but following really powerful quote accounts to start your day that when you're going through the feed and yes, you could look at all the nonsense, but having those powerful moments of the quotes have helped me a lot throughout my day. I agree. Now, Sabrina, tell us, what ways do you block out the negativity in life and on social media? I stopped following accounts that don't make me feel good. Really just stopped. And I was unapologetic about it. I don't care. If there was somebody in my past that just really wasn't a positive force, it just unfollowed. And if if you feel uncomfortable doing that, just at least mute the account. Mm. But I just no longer want to consume anything that doesn't bring me joy. I it's like I'm recondoing my life. <laughs> yes, because I'm not going to spend any of my time during the day reading anything negative or right. 
And I, I spend a lot less time on social media. I mean, mm-hmm. it is part of my job, mm-hmm. so I can't not be yeah, on social right. media. It helps me, and I like to connect with people. But the amount of time I spend scrolling is a lot less these days. Yes, yes. And uh, we were. Uh, I said earlier that I collect. I do collect quotes and phrases, and you know, sometimes Bible verses and such. But um, that's just a. It's like entertainment to me when I get on either social media or mostly really just blogs and fun fun things to to scroll through. And uh, another real fun thing that I do, and if you look around, you'll see in pretty much every office, I love to collect purses. This sounds I so know, odd. I see them purses everywhere. with phrases on them that are really positive and fun. So like, yes, you'll see that one over there, that beautiful one that says love. There's one that says hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love and it. We have this bar built into the office back here and it says cheers. I love it. I find, actually found a purse that said cheers on it. This one says doll. Because my daughter-in-law calls me doll, has since I met her. But yeah, I just love to have positive notes and quotes and those kind of things scattered around the house. And I'll use the fun things for send them to fill up. I usually write fun things on his bathroom mirror and lipstick. Oh, that's so that's cute. That's a fun thing to do if any of the you listening out there want to find something to do to just say something fun or sweet to your to your husband or your children. Do you know when you buy something in a department store or whatever, and you go and you buy new cosmetics or whatever, and they give you a sample. Yeah. Well, those colors are never my color of lipstick. Absolutely. They're, Why do they do yeah. that? Yeah. Can we I, just please talk to these cosmetic yes. companies? I want a sample that I will wear. Yes, I'm not. <laughs> Aren't you trying to sell us like the lipstick? <laughs> <laughs> but I save all of those, and I use those on the mirror. So cute. That's so a perfect thing. Perfect and you know what? If them. you don't have a husband, write yourself a nice note. Exactly. I'm going to do that tomorrow morning. Yes. I'll send it, it to you. Mirror. Put it on the mirror. We say good morning, beautiful. Yes, <laughs> do that. Yes, that's a good idea. I might should write one on my mirror. So yeah, I used to sneak into the kids' rooms when I, the boys when they were growing up, and I would write happy birthday on their mirror or did something fun on their mirrors as well. But I still do it to fill up, and uh, it's just fun to do. That's romantic, yeah, and that's why you've been married so long. <laughs> I think so. Uh, I love everything that you've done in your own personal life. What are some of the other ways that some of the listeners could start manifesting what it is they want, not necessarily for jobs, but just in their own personal life? How would you tell them to get started? Start with something small that's believable to you. You can't think, if you don't believe that you're capable of attracting that into your life, it's never going to happen. So start with something small. And then once you see that you can manifest that, whether it be a parking spot or a new lipstick, then you will start believing yourself and it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. But you said about replacing something. And somebody said this to me yesterday and to me, because I'm a designer, it really rang true to me. He said, um, if I had hired you to redecorate my apartment Mm -hmm. and I showed you Pinterest boards and we had everything taken care of. And we finally agreed on the entire design of my new house. And you said, okay, the install date's on Thursday. And you show up on Thursday morning and I still have all of my old stuff in the house. What would you say to me? And I said, I'd say, what are you doing? You know, you were supposed to clear this out so we can bring the new stuff in. And he said, well, what if I said, no, but that sofa has so many, so many memories and it's still somewhat comfortable. There's you know, I just want to keep it. Just put the old, the new sofa on top of that sofa. What would you say to me? I'd say, you're crazy. And he said, that's what you're doing with your life sometimes. You have to get rid of the things that are no longer serving you to actually make room 
for the new thing. Oh, that's so true. And I think a lot of people want to hang on to that old sofa because it has so many memories. It's a comfort zone. Sometimes it's comfortable. Sometimes it's uncomfortable depending on where I sit. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting rid of it to actually bring and upgrade your life. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. Get rid of the that's couch, so guys. You keep things in your life because you're comfortable yeah. with it, yet it's not making you happy. Right. And it's or a lot of fear, it. too. Well, what if... Well, what if I get rid of the sofa and another sofa is not going to come? It's no. You have to believe in yourself. A new sofa will come when you finally believe you deserve a new sofa. Oh, I love that. That's so true. Yes. That's so true. I just got rid of an old sofa (laughs) by the uh, means of a man last week. And I already got a new sofa. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And did you envision this new one coming? You know, it's it's not it's nothing that serious, but it was I finally let go of somebody in my life and I wasn't fearful of no, no one else coming in. Mm, and yes. weirdly, I mean, it's the craziest story. The universe brought something straight to my doorstep in the matter of days because I didn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't so attached, you know, and I think especially if you're looking for love, you're like I want a relationship. I want one. I want one. I want one instead of being, you know what? Be okay with yourself. Yes. Be comfortable in your own skin because you are the only person you're going to have for the rest of your life. Other people right. will come and go in some cases, and you're still stuck with yourself. So be okay with being alone mm-hmm. and make yourself proud of mm-hmm. the person that you are. Mm-hmm. A little exercise that I do every night too or every day is what decisions will I make today to make myself proud the mm-hmm. next day? A friend of mine, Matthew Pates, told me that, and it was so powerful to me. To make decisions today that will make yourself proud tomorrow. And it's it could be the things that you eat, the people you talk to, mm-hmm. the way that you speak to other people, and spreading that kindness. But making those little changes every day. I really love that. So say that again. What decisions will you make today to make yourself proud tomorrow? Oh, I love that. So tomorrow when you look when you back wake up, on your yeah, day, you, you can be really good proud of what you did. That's right. <gasps> that is beautiful. You know, while you were just speaking, I, can't, I thought of the word that I was trying to think think of to describe you, the energy that you give me, and it's fearless. Oh, thanks. That's the energy you give me. It's not true, but I appreciate it. I believe it. (laughs) I I really feel it. I try to work through the fear. Uh I try. I believe that you do. It's an exercise. Life doesn't change in a matter of a day. You don't go from a before and after. I mean, it's so hard because especially with social media, we see all these accounts and everything looks picture perfect. It's not true. These things are filtered and facetuned. And you watch these makeover shows. I'm guilty of it. I've been on makeover shows for 13 years. You see in 22 minutes these rooms being done. You don't know how much help I have yes. behind the scenes. Yes. So we put so much pressure on ourselves to create this perfect life. No one has a perfect life. Not even yeah. J-Lo. No. no. I mean, That's she so may. True. Actually, she may. She never brags. Have you noticed that? She never brags. No, but she's just fantastic. I'm she actually going to see her this weekend. <gasps> I'm going to Oprah's 2020 tour on Saturday. Oh, good And for she you. is the headliner on oh, Saturday. I love it. I can't I wait. I love it. You are in for a very inspirational day. I know. Very. I love those days. Oh, good for you. I'm going to be glowing on Sunday. Yes, you are. And it's not because of the tequila. <laughs> <laughs> or it might be, though. That's, that's great. Well, um, you know, when you were just saying that, it reminded me of when Cindy Crawford said, I don't look like Cindy Crawford when I wake up in the morning. She said, people, please know, glam squad work, photography work, lighting, everything goes into making someone look like they do in a photograph, in a magazine, on a billboard. It's just pressure on us. Yeah, take the pressure off yourself when you think 
why can't I look like that? Well, because she doesn't even look like that. That is essentially pretty much what she was saying. Another thing we do on I've Got a Secret is we play a game. And the game we play is always reflective of our topic. For our game today, we're going to play one of my favorites. This is a card game called We're Not Really Strangers. And I actually had the creator of the game on episode two. It was so much fun. We played it then. And I I have to tell you, I purchased quite a few of these games for friends over the holidays. And and everyone loves it. So I thought, let's play it again today because I think you're going to love it too, Sabrina. It's a game that helps us be vulnerable with each other and help us discover new things about ourselves. We each have three cards, and Sabrina, all you have to do is read the question on the card. So let's get started. You read yours. (laughs) What was your first impression of me? My first impression of you was you are kind, beautiful, just so sweet. You were sitting in the chair, and I came into the room, and I felt I just started chattering because I was I felt like I was late. And you were so sweet to say, you looked at the clock and said, no, you're right on time. But not even just like that. You just said the time and implied that, of course, you're not late. And it made me feel so comfortable. And so immediately, I realized just how sweet, kind, and lovable you are. Thank you. And then on top of that, I noticed just how gorgeous you are. I noticed your red shoe boots. Love them. Thank you. They're not shoe boots. They're um, mules. Mules. <laughs> and because I kind of have on those, that look. So I thought, oh, we have the same shoes. I was going to say that, but we don't. Your shoes are beautiful. Your dress is beautiful. Everything. Thank so you. I just fell in love with you the moment I saw you. Thank you. Okay. So now I'm looking at my question. What do my shoes tell you about me? You have such great style. <laughs> and I love you. You're like sort of a little rock and roll in your shoes. Yeah, I love them so too. You've got you. some. You've got some pizzazz. Thank you. I love them. Thank you. They're by Jennifer Chamondi, or it could be Chamondi. I'm not sure, but I love them. I love every one of her shoes. If they're size eight, I'll take them. They're not. They're seven. <laughs> okay, forget it. <laughs> oh, darn. Because I would give them to you. That's another thing about me. I love to share. Okay, well, thank you. Okay. How funny my question had to do with shoes. Um, when you're asked, how are you, how often do you answer truthfully? Well, I'm going to be honest. I always am. So I'm honest. I will say, well... And most people that know me, especially my staff, will say my answers are long. They have side stories to them. Uh, but I am always honest. You are. I am. No matter you. who's asking you. No matter who, I will say I'm pretty good, but I'm suffering from dental work and da-da-da. So I, I actually will tell them how I'm doing. That's great. Yes. I don't think most people are like that. No. I think most people, I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but my foundation, when Georgia smiled is all about, we focus on victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. And when I speak to large groups about my foundation, part of what I say is always, when you ask someone, how are you doing? Really look at them when they answer and, and hear them and look into their eyes because when someone says, oh, I'm, I'm fine, really hear their words because they could be a victim of domestic violence and could be hoping they could tell you what's happening and asking for help. So if your intuition, and I believe women have the strongest intuition, of course, in their gut, listen, I said, listen to your gut. And if you think it's possible that they're really not doing fine, ask them again. Are you really okay? Are you really doing okay? I love that. That is powerful. And you're absolutely right. 
I think when you go back and ask again, people are a little bit, their guard comes down just a little yeah, bit more. Just a little bit more. Like, oh, she really, really wants to know, or maybe she already knows and she really wants to help me. Just a thought. Yep. So my next question is, finish the sentence. Strangers would describe me as blank, only I know that I am blank. Strangers would <laughs> describe me as nice, and I know that I am really inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the time. Yes. You sound like me. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. <laughs> That's so fun. Okay. Give us an example. Oh, my God. Well, my mother, I mean, both of my parents are from Cuba. My mom has a mouth like a sailor. God. And I grew up around that. So she has no, she will offend everyone that makes eye contact with her. It is, um, embarrassing at times. So, but I'm just so used to being with such a powerful woman that doesn't care what anyone thinks no, since that it's rubbed off on me a little bit, but I'm, I'm getting better. That's so funny. I'm now doing the waiting for people to ask me for advice instead of giving it. Yeah. yeah. Because you can look over at myself. How many times do I apologize for my language? Oh. Every day, every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting better. Well, and especially because I have a four-year-old, I, I'm yes. not cursing in front of her. The other day, Come Olivia did uh, drop an F-bomb. I was mortified. Oh yeah, she actually dropped something and she said, fucking great. <laughs> and I said, excuse me? What did you just say? And she said, I said, fucking grace. And I said, no, no, the bad <laughs> word was the first word, not <laughs> she the second one. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, okay. Was that your third question? No, third question is, what answer of mine made you light up? Oh my gosh, this is going to be hard because if we're talking about the podcast... I can't pick one. Everyone was so powerful. But if we're talking about this game, the second question. Great. Because I'm really related to it. I love it. Okay. My next one is, when in this game did you feel most connected to me? I felt connected to you since the moment you walked out of that office. Oh, yes. I love it. I love it. But this game is really great. You so know, this game would be good for people who are just starting to date. I agree. Right? I agree. Do you know that... This particular game, the young woman, beautiful, who created it, has actually partnered with two other entities, a person, a, a show, and a dating site. So not with this actual game, but they have a separate edition of cards that you can purchase along with it. One of them is a dating site. Oh. So it's perfect. If you're single, you can buy that extra pack of cards and play along with those. Probably not on the first game. date. Not on the first date. I don't know. I haven't that would seen be very the scary. questions. But I think it, it helps with to get to know someone that you don't know at all. Yeah. But you've met on a dating site. I think, yeah, wait till like date four. Yeah. yeah. To, to start like yeah. interrogating your but date. But I think that's so fun. <laughs> yeah, but like these questions would be great with. Yeah, with anyone. Strangers, yes. Well, we're not really strangers in the name of the game, so. Okay. Are you ready for me? Yeah, I'm ready. If you could get to know someone in your life on a deeper level, who would it be and why? Uh, I'm going to say a woman named Shonda McIntyre. Okay. She is just a doll. I love being around her. We're not around each other enough. And I just think she's so solid and so smart and kind and sweet. And I love everything about her. I would love to get to know her on a deeper okay, level. Okay. I have a feeling it's going to happen. I do too. And she listens I do to too. this. <laughs> Okay, so my next question is, has a stranger ever changed your life? Oh, yes. All the time. Yeah. You know what? Um, I was working out 
the other day and after the class, this woman came up to me to tell me that I motivated her the whole time because of the way that my body looked. And I cannot tell you what that meant to me. And, you know, women are hard to give compliments to other women. I couldn't believe it, especially because I've not been in shape all of my life and this is the best shape I've been in. You look great. Thanks. You look great. But I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that somebody said that I motivated them. I've never thought of myself that way. So that, but just, I think that being kind, the kind of kindness of strangers can really just shift your whole day. I agree. So just be a little bit more kind to people Mm -hmm. every day at the grocery store, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. But yes. Strangers constantly. Yeah. It really, it really can change someone's life. Yeah. I love that. Um, Okay. This is kind of deep too. You ready? Yes. (laughs) What part of your life works and what part of your life hurts? Oh, certainly I'm going to say my family life. It works. I love it. I love my husband, my sons, my daughter-in-law, my grandchildren, living and loving them. It just works. And what hurts is going to be this larynx issue. I'm, I have an inflamed larynx, and I have been working with my ear, nose, and throat doctor for over a year. So it's a slow process to heal, and uh, it's driving me crazy, and I'm sure all of the listeners with this voice, but it hurts, and, but I'm working on it. So Great. Yes. Uh, what lesson took you the longest to unlearn? Um that you have to be strong all the time because my grandmother and my mom are so, my grandmother was very stern. My mother is very unemotional. Uh, you would have to really physically tackle her to give a hug. Aww. She is not a hugger at all. And so I was just raised to be, you have to be strong all the time and, you know, be very stoic. And even if you're hurting, no, not to show it. And it really took me having Olivia and being a mom to soften me up Aww. just to be a little bit more open to having emotions and, Vulnerable. If I'm, yes, vulnerability. It is everything. It really is. It really is. I'm working on it. Okay. This is a weird question because I don't know. I mean, you don't know me very well, but what do you think I fear the most? I said you were fearless and I meant it. So I'm going to have to really think. Uh, I'm going to say what you might fear the most is making, I, I think that you may fear that you may not have all the answers as a single mom. That's true. That and worms. Really? Worms? I can't stand a worm. Ooh, I just got chills for that because I can't stand those eat. I can't stand bugs, nope, worms, But you are insects. right. It being a mother, it's just being a perfect mother and it doesn't exist. But you know why I have so much fear about it? Because now as an adult, I realize how much your childhood really plays into all of the yes. decisions you're making throughout your whole life. That I'm, I feel responsible for this little person. Yes, and fact, I don't want to screw her up. Came up with my answer because you just spoke of your childhood. Yeah, and the women that influenced you. I know. I just, <gasps> I'm like, oh, every decision. It's so much pressure. Am I screwing her up? Mm-hmm. My question now to you is: When this game is over, what will you remember about me? How fun you are. I think a lot of people see you on camera and see you on the show and they don't realize what a big personality. I mean, obviously your podcast listeners know because they hear you. I think you're right though. But I was a little scared, quite frankly, coming in here today because I didn't know what to expect and I didn't expect um, this sort of transparent of a conversation. And you've just been so gracious in sharing your life. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. It has been wonderful because of you. And thank you for saying that because 
being at that show for 18 years uh, has been a, has been and will be still so wonderful for me and just to get to witness Philip being who he is. I've always I've always thought he was brilliant. I say that all the time, but I think he is brilliant. But it's a serious platform. It's his show, and I'm there for many reasons too. But number one, to support him and the show. So yes, people have no idea really, really? anything about me. I would I would say. And here, this is really, truly me and my life and my belief and my personality. So thank you for saying that. But truthfully, there's no way that you could be Dr. Phil's wife without having a huge personality yourself, right? <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah, so I this is great true. that you have your own platform to yeah, do that. Thank you. But speaking of podcasts, he was on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday Conversations. Yes, that was one of my favorite episodes. Yes, I agree. Thank you. Oh, I, if I'll anyone's listening after you, after you listen to this, go listen to that episode. It was so powerful. It was powerful. She's powerful and their, their friendship, their connection is powerful, I believe. I love it when they're together interacting, even if it's on one very specific topic or it's just them visiting with each other about anything because they're friends. Yeah, the the it's so it's such a powerful charisma when they're together because they truly truly are the best of friends. It's great. She would love you. She's on my vision board. Oh, it's creepy. She's looking at me while I'm showering, but I'm okay <laughs> with it. <laughs> well, sadly, that brings us to the end of this episode. And I feel so inspired talking to you, Sabrina. Thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge and being so vulnerable. <gasps> Secret Squad, I hope you take tonight to reflect on your goals and make a conscious effort to put them into motion. And come back next week for an inspiring story from my The Secret to Turning Your Dreams into a Reality series. It will motivate you even more to chase your dreams. I also want to take this time to say something to one of my Secret Squad listeners, Shannon Miser Marvin. Hi. I'm so happy we got to see each other last week at Philip's ceremony. And when I told him how much you love the podcast, he actually said, well, you can say and tell her that she is my secret weapon to getting books finished. And he loves and adores you. And so do I. So thank you for listening. And I want all of you Secret Squad listeners to visit I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for more on this episode, as well as exclusive photos, videos, and blogs. See you next week. Bye-bye.